We are. We are. We are cultivate. 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 We are cultivate. Listening to We Are Distractions podcast, a weekly podcast that rotates between true crime, conspiracy theories, paranormal stories, folklore, a little bit of this and a little bit of that to provide you and more than likely what your great aunt Cecil would consider a weird distraction from everyday life. This week, we're back talking all things spooky with another paranormal distraction. And I'm happy to share that we're joined by the third host of Reddit on Wiki and co-host of Shots and Thoughts podcast, Sean. Thank you so much for coming on, Sean. I'm so happy to have you here. Of course. I'm happy to be here. I'm super excited. And uh, I'm ready to... You kind of gave me a sneak peek and sort of... A little bit. ...topic at least. A little what bit. what doing. So I'm excited. The murder ones make me scared. Fair enough. So I'm excited for a non-murdery one. Okay. Well, I'm going to have to keep that in mind then when I have you back on to, to pick a mur- murder one. <laughs> I hope you know. <laughs> I'm just a soft little boy. So. <laughs> I'm just a good egg. <laughs> That's all. I'm just a good little egg. Good little egg. Now, Sean, can you tell our listeners more about Shots and Thoughts? Because I did have Josh and John on. They shared about Reddit on Wiki, so I figured I'd put you on the hot seat regarding Shots and Thoughts. Sure, yeah. Thanks for asking. Uh, Shots <laughs> and Thoughts is uh, what we claim to be. I don't know. We, we could be claiming the wrong thing, but we claim it as the Internet's only educational improv comedy game show involving shots of liquor and D20. Like a 20-sided die. Uh, I'm pretty sure we're the only one. Uh, I was going to say, I've never heard of another show like that. So I think you're okay to carry that title. Yeah, I would hope so. I would hope so. (laughs) Uh, So essentially what we do every Monday is we learn a new topic. And while we're learning that new topic, we take three shots of an alcoholic beverage. Uh, It used to be straight liquor. And then after two seasons of that, we started like, uh, you know, we're getting older, so we got to take like blood work things. Right. And our numbers were insane. So, yeah, <laughs> maybe just cocktails. Maybe just cocktail yeah. shots would be yeah. good. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. I was just going to ask, what's the weirdest thing that you've learned um, on the show so far? We learned a lot of weird stuff. Like we just did, um, we've done episodes on like lizard people. Yes. We've done episodes on like Back rooms. Uh, Chris is big into yeah, conspiracy theories. Yeah, that so episode the rooms. freaked me out. Was, I, yeah, I, I oh, yeah. Mm, <laughs> I think we did an episode on like why dogs smell each other's butts. That was fun. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, so it, it it spans from like weird, scary stuff to that, and then stuff as like you know, adult as why does the U.S. have Labor Day or right? You know. Other things like that. Right. Fair enough. Well, that's awesome. And if you are listening and you like the sound of Sean's voice, definitely check out Shots and Thoughts. Sean will definitely plug a little bit more of where you can find the show and where you can stream it at the end of today's episode. But before we dive into this week's distraction, I have a burning question for you, Sean. Do you believe in ghosts? I am like 70-30. Like part of me is like seven. Okay, I don't okay. Believe in ghosts, but then a thirty percent of me is like I wouldn't be surprised. You know what I mean? Fair enough. Okay, so a little bit. Eh. 
Yeah. You could be teetered either way is kind of yeah. what I'm getting at. Okay. Okay, cool. So because you're from Houston, Texas, I thought it'd be kind of appropriate to try and find a haunch location from where you're from. Oh, cool. So with that said, this week we're going to be discussing the reportedly haunted restaurant known as the Spaghetti Warehouse. Oh, Spaghetti Warehouse. Yes, or the Old Spaghetti Warehouse. So as soon yes. as I saw it, I was like, okay, well, I have to cover this place because I know you're a big foodie. It's in Houston. It just seemed really on brand. So have you heard about it before or is this like brand I new? Have. Okay. Oh, okay. I have. And I, uh, I heard about it while I was in there. I did not know. Oh. I was invited for a dinner. And then, you know, like halfway through dinner, someone was like, yeah, you know, this place is fucking haunted. And I was like, why are we here? There's so many- <laughs> This is the the nation's fourth biggest city. Why yeah. would we eat here? Out of all the places we could have gone, you picked the yeah, haunted so one. Many. So many. Yeah, exactly. Oh my goodness. Well, I'm super excited then. And for listeners tuning in, if this is the first time you're tuning in, hello, hi, thanks for joining. But we're going to discuss hi. the history of this location, some occult observations, aka some reviews, and then the reported haunts. So due to some adult themes such as coarse language and other matter listener discretion is always advised but let's get into it so for those wondering what the spaghetti warehouse is it's reportedly a family-centered italian restaurant chain that has multiple locations across the u.s so in a direct quote from the spaghetti warehouse website since 1972 joyous happenings like birthdays anniversaries weddings graduations reunions promotions or just a night out with friends and family have been our pleasure to celebrate with you our guests come to spaghetti warehouse to celebrate and enjoy our made-from-scratch Italian-American menu featuring our popular incredible, popular and incredible back-to-back, 15-layer lasagna that takes three days to prepare and our our famous spaghetti and hand-rolled meatballs. That's a lot. That's a lot going on. 15 layers. 15 layers. Talk about how tall is that thing? I I don't, like, gotta at least be a, I don't know, like, I know. I'm like, are you trying to use my hands to gesture? I mean, even if each layer is like an inch. Right. That's, a, that's over a foot tall lasagna. How do you eat that? Texas, baby. You know. I was going to say, everything's bigger in Texas, as so I've been told. <laughs> Um, So the chain reportedly started in the West End in Texas and opened their Houston location in 1973. So the restaurant itself, and you can maybe attest to this, Sean, is fairly nice on the inside and has some really interesting pieces or had some really interesting pieces and we'll get to that but to elaborate further I'll share a quote from writer Kathy M. Slaughter which dope last name sick name sick last name so cool right I the next life it reminds me I want that name some of a you know, listeners probably don't care, but the local sports football team, we've had some pretty like cool names. Like we've had uh Savage, we've oh. had Merciless, we've had uh That's cool. I like know, Merciless. Cool names like that. Yeah, Merciless, Merciless. is real cool. Ugh, that's awesome. So Kathy M. Slaughter wrote on her website, there was a full-size Houston Avenue trolley car, a staircase from a European castle, a chandelier from New York's Penn Station, and a grandfather clock from an English castle. The first floor was used for dining and the upstairs for special occasions and parties. So this place is pretty, I don't know, pretty 
Gigi for an Italian restaurant change, in my opinion. I, I digress. I mean, I've only gone to Eastside Mario's in Ontario, Canada, so I have nothing to compare it to. That sounds delicious. It's, it's mediocre. It's high. It's high. Oh. I mean, no 15-layer lasagna. I mean, but who, where else? Yeah, where else? <laughs> I'm sure not even in Italy. Italians would look at that and be like, guys, come on. Come on. Come on. Texas. This has been Texas-sized. It's too much. <laughs> It's way too much. So the building is located at 901 Commerce Street. And before it became the Spaghetti Warehouse, it was known as the former Dessel Betcher Warehouse. Built in 1912, it originally served as a produce warehouse, a storage place, and a pharmaceutical company. So it kind of had a bunch of different hats. It's a pretty big building, so I'm not surprised, but it just was Mm. a little bit of a random mix. Assortment. Yeah. Now, there is some fairly macabre local lore surrounding the early days of the building. Supposedly, during the building's time as a pharmaceutical company slash million other different things, a young identified male pharmacist reportedly fell in an elevator shaft several feet to his death. So I don't know if he <laughs> just like missed a step or if he tripped. But he fell, and uh, that was the end of that. Yeah, it's crazy they didn't have that blocked off or anything. Uh, You'd think. Yeah, it's a pretty dangerous thing to just have open. Right. Where you can mistakenly fall. Yeah, just a little, little odd. The tragedy doesn't really stop there, though, unfortunately. So apparently the pharmacist's wife was at home while all of this is happening. And she wasn't immediately notified of her husband's death. So when he failed to come home for dinner, she's probably pissed off being like, oh, this is like the seventh time this week that this motherfucker has missed out on dinner. You know, he's working late. This is stupid. She goes to the building. No. And she finds out that her husband died. So yeah, needless to say, she was heartbroken, of course. And the wife allegedly died a year later due to a broken heart on the one year anniversary of her husband's passing. (sighs) That's sad. Yeah. Yeah. Big blows. Some reason that reminded me of Up. Oh. I mean, he the guy doesn't die at, you know, goes on a wonderful adventure. But he was had Russ not been there. Yeah, had Russ not been there, it would have been a very different uh, a different story, to say yeah. the least. I, I tried to look into this death further online to kind of verify it, because as much as I love lore, sometimes it's nice just to actually know if it actually, like if it came from anything legitimate. And I wasn't able to find anything. So if anyone listening finds something, please send it my way. But yeah, I... It wasn't I wasn't able to find diddly shit on this. So it's local lore, though, gives it a little bit of a spooky vibe. And we will circle back to this couple because it has obviously some ties into the building even to this day. But yeah, that's kind of the first spooky aspect of this location other than the 15 layer lasagna, <laughs> because let's be real, that's that's some spooky ass shit. That's some spooky Texas shit that that kind of magic can happen. I'd be scared when that arrives to my table. Right? How could you not be? How could you not be? So back to the building. As mentioned, the Spaghetti Warehouse took over the building in 1973, where it would go on to serve meals to locals for generations. That is until Hurricane Harvey came in and placed a fairly destructive order back on August 27th of 2017. So Sean, were you there when Hurricane Harvey hit or where were you? Oh, yeah. I was here. Oh, oh, shit. It was pretty bad. Um, 
Luckily, I was staying in an apartment at that time, but before the storm hit, I went over to my parents just to be there. Okay. Uh, you know, to help assist if anything mm-hmm. went wrong. And uh, you know, luckily where we were at, nothing bad happened to the houses. You know, there were some fences and and trees uprooted, fences, you know, down. For sure the major thing uh was the flooding. Flooding was super bad. Luckily, our house didn't get you know, flooded out, but had lots of friends. Houses totally had to be redone. The first floor caved in, or not caved in, but like just destroyed from the, the water. Uh, yeah, it was a huge destructive right. force that went through. But um, one of the good things about Houston is, uh, you know, everyone is, you know, Southern hospitality is a real thing. So uh, people were helping out every way they can. People with boats were going out there and trying to save people yeah. that were stranded in their car. You know, the local sports people like J.J. Watt, he had a huge fundraiser. I think he got like, I don't know how much. He got he right. got like a ton of money and donated all of that. And uh, like he still has like updates on what his charity is doing with the money that everybody donated. But yeah, there was uh, wow. a ton of damage. Still, I don't I don't think some... Like some cities probably still haven't recovered. Um, Holy crap. Yeah, it, it was destruction. But, you know, it, it was inspiring to see the city, you know, especially at the time, 20, like 2017, like one year into Trump. Right. You know, everything is so and, and still to this day, everything is yeah. still pretty, you know, like heated one side or the other. But at that time, you know, it, it didn't fucking matter. Everybody was, you know, saving everybody. So that was cool. That's the nice part about humanity is in those moments when everyone kind of puts their political views aside and they're like, okay, we need to help. We need to help our our community, no matter who's a part of our community. That's the parts. That's the aspect of humanity that I I thoroughly enjoy. You know, it's when we can all kind of band together and fight for survival for everybody as opposed to, oh, we're going to save one person and that's it. (laughs) Yeah. Selfish capitalism, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Awful things. All those awful things. And speaking of awful things, I did read on the National Weather Service website that Hurricane Harvey is the first hurricane to hit the Texas coast since 2008 when Hurricane Ike came through the Houston area. Mm -hmm. And apparently Hurricane Harvey was the first major Category 3 or higher hurricane hit texas since brett in 1999 so this there was like a huge gap between i guess when texas slash houston had got hit and harvey just seemed like this major 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 blow and it cost about roughly 125 billion in damage to houston alone right so it's quite a bit and unfortunately the spaghetti warehouse was one of those places it hit. So uh, it was closed due to the fact of Harvey. And in a direct quote from the Houston Business Journal website, quote, Spaghetti Warehouse closed its Houston location after the structure flooded during Hurricane Harvey. The restaurant had water up to the first floor. And I'm pretty sure where it sits, because the building's still in existence today, but it sits right near water. Yeah, it's right next to the bayou. Yeah, so it's kind of like a a shitty location in the sense of if something's going to get flooded, it's going to be the buildings closest to the water, right? Yeah. So 
As mentioned, the spaghetti warehouse at 901 Commerce Street has been closed. And according to a YouTube video by KHOU11, which was uploaded back in 2018, Preservation Houston is hoping to floodproof the building. Uh, The building is now owned by a developer who reportedly wants to make the ground floor of the building kind of like an open concept, sort of like a part inside, part outside kind of vibe. That way, if flooding happens again, it's easier to kind of clean up and fix, Mm. right? As opposed to all being inside when you're dealing with more you know electrical stuff and items and all that it's i see where they're going with it but of course because of covid19 and everything else it seems like everything's kind of been pushed back halted a little bit yeah and for those wondering uh there is another spaghetti warehouse uh one opened up at 7620 katie freeway suite 305, which is 13 minutes away, 13 minutes west of the old one. So that's a little bit of the history, a little bit of kind of like new updates of the building. Um, And the building still stands, which is kind of cool, because when I first read that it was closed and Hurricane Harvey, I was like, shit, is the building just like not there anymore? But can confirm as far as my understanding it is as we record this. So yeah, my friend got married uh, 2019. So yeah, after Harvey... And he, he he married at a venue kind of oh, close okay. to it. And I was like, oh, it Yay. still exists. Like I saw it. That's good to know. And I think it's time now that we kind of get into the occult observations and then dive into the reported haunts. So for new listeners to the show, occult observations is a little ongoing segment where we read the good, the bad, and the weird online Google reviews of the locations we discuss. So typically, I like to do two negative, two positive Start off with a negative and on a high note. So I picked some good ones for this episode. (laughs) And the first negative review is from user Imani Tidwell. Uh, They posted this five years ago. One out of five stars. Good start. Good start. Yeah. The review reads, when I first went, walked in. Great, great grammar already. Makes sense. Chef's kiss. Uh, The place smelled like wet trash. Staff was friendly. Food was Horrible. Ordered Caesar salad with lasagna and pesto chicken entree. The salad was horrible. The lettuce was extra soggy, looked like cooked spinach. The lasagna was bland. Something I could have cooked at home. The bread was okay. My friend... (laughs) That was all one sentence, by the way. Uh, My friend said her salad was nasty as well. I told the waiter that the salad was horrible. She said she would take the salad off. Okay, so why my friend and I ended up paying the same amount? (laughs) (laughs) The grammar is, oh. (laughs) So good. Beautiful. And then in brackets, well, one bracket, I don't know where the the closing bracket is, but uh, in half a bracket, we ordered the same combo, only she had a garden salad and I had Caesar. I would not recommend this place. Go to Olive Garden for real Italian food. End of review. That has to be a troll. It has to be. I picked it because, okay, well, being Canadian, I've never been to Olive Garden. But I always hear people joke about how Olive Garden, it's not bad, but it's not real Italian food. So the fact they said, go to Olive Garden for real Italian food, like, okay. Okay. I don't know if you guys have Outback Steakhouse, but that is... I don't know. Okay. It is not <laughs> at all Australian. Oh. In fact, I asked one of the waiters, I was like, is this like typical Australian? He said, we're actually just Australian themed. We're not even Australian <laughs> food. And I was like, wait. Hold up. What? <laughs> what are you saying? 
<laughs> You're telling me this isn't from Austria <laughs> or Australia. <laughs> Either You're or. You're telling me they don't love a blooming onion yeah, in Melbourne? This is some <laughs> bullshit. Oh, gosh. So the next negative review is from user Robert Marsh. And this was posted 10 years ago. So a literal decade. And he gave two out of five stars. So Mr. Robert Marsh wrote service quite a few people who were more interested in socializing with fellow workers than serving customers. The 15-layer lasagna was dry and over-seasoned, and the other dishes like the spaghetti and ravioli were under-sauced. I was last here as a kid 30 years ago, and it was very exciting, but tonight was a total disappointment. The crazy lady talking about ghosts should check the kitchen because I believe the ghost of a Waffle House cook is their chef. Oh. <laughs> Oh my goodness. It doesn't even end there. The bread and salad were decent. Very, very disappointed. End of review. <laughs> well, at, at the very least, the bread has been solid. And I mean, reviews. pretty consistent. And Can't once again, I've never been to a Waffle House. Is a Waffle House that bad? Okay, so I think it's Anthony Bourdain. He was like, there's nothing better than like, when you're drunk, eating at a Waffle House at like 3 a.m. in the morning. So, you know, I was like, oh, shit, Anthony Bourdain fucking comes yeah. to this place. And then I went. And then, I mean, it is drunk food. Right. And I think maybe I just went in with high expectations. Mm. Like, we like uh, we ordered like a hash brown. And like, there's like all these options to like top it. And we're like, oh, fuck, like this all sounds good. Like right. cheese and jalapeno and stuff. Oof. And then we got it. We got it a big plate. Hash brown covered the whole plate, but the cheese that we paid for it was a single slice of American cheese in the middle and then like a little bit of like jalapeno or like mushroom or whatever. I was like, bro, never again. The waffle though. Oh, okay. The waffle slaps, but okay. Let's back this train up. The cheese situation. Was it when you say American cheese? Because when I think American cheese, I think of like craft singles, like the plastic cheese. And you would be right. And you would be absolutely right. That is disturbing. I would go back there after we're done recording and demand a refund. That is was, that is some bullshit. I was thinking like some shredded cheese like mixed Yeah. With the, hash, the hash is a fucking hash. You put it on the griddle, you know? Yeah. You think you would mix everything. Yeah. A single slice of yellow that's an, cheese. That's a fucking disgrace. 55 cents. That is, I was like, whoa. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow, 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 wow. I, mm, no, we have to move on because I'm going to get really angry in a second. <laughs> There's nothing worse than craft single, like a craft single slice cheese. The only place that's good is a grilled cheese or on top of a burger. Well, yeah. Even then, there's better cheeses for a There's burger. better cheeses out there. Oh, Probably mm-hmm. for a grilled cheese, too. There's some good. Yeah. Oh, brie. Brie. Oh. Old cheddar. There's like this some- place in Houston where I got like a grilled cheese with brie apple oh my and and i think honey it's like a charcuterie grilled cheese yeah oh baby that was delicious and now we are a food podcast (laughs) (laughs) just food reviews i'm 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 about it i love it so now to talk about uh the positive reviews so the first one is by user jacinda baker which was posted four years ago they gave five out of five stars and they wrote totally historic creepy upstairs they tell you the scary story before dining and allow you up to the view the second floor upstairs also great for parties great food great service totally friendly atmosphere parking you have to pay for End of review. That is true. You know, and that's that's a fair, eh, parking's not fun to pay for. 
Yeah, it's downtown. There's not really any places you can not pay for parking. Yeah, it's unfortunately. good to know for anyone listening that wants to go to Houston, you're going to have to pay for parking. But downtown is very rarely the hot and popping spot in Houston. Really? So, okay. Yeah. Good to know. Good to know. Now, our last review is by user Thomas Bowen. They posted this four years ago. Five out of five stars. They wrote... Greek meatballs, creepy pasta, and a good chance to see a ghost. End of review. That's it. That's all you need to say. <laughs> that's a, that's all you need to know. Meatballs, ghosts, pasta, set. Done. <laughs> what more do you need at the end I of the see day? The pattern of people that like the ghosts, five stars. Right. People who are there strictly for food, not five stars. Yeah, I mean. I've never been, so I feel like I'm not in a place to say if the food is good, yeah. but I'm kind of, if I'm going to go, I'm going to go for the for ghosts. The ghost. And and then, you know, the lasagna. Yeah. I will say Houston is one of the, you know, not to toot our own horn, but is one of the better food towns. So if you're visiting and you're trying to see some haunted shit, but you can't go anymore, but previously, uh, yeah, I would go for the ghosts. Go for Maybe the ghosts. get ghost. a cocktail. Yeah. Fair and enough. then elsewhere. And then and then leave and go get food elsewhere. That makes sense. That makes sense. So that is occult observations, which means it is time for the main course being the haunts. So as hinted at earlier, many think the unnamed couple haunt the spaghetti warehouse. According to the book by April Slaughter called Ghost Hunting Texas, a woman in a long white dress has been seen roaming around the second floor of the building. Former staff have also reportedly witnessed this woman near what was the dishwashing station. In a direct quote from her book, quote, dishwashers have even reported looking through the window in front of their workstation and seeing a white, sullen face of a woman looking directly at them mm, no thank okay you. so what how would you respond if you were just working at a restaurant washing dishes you look over maybe you feel something staring at you you look over and you see a white sullen face of a woman looking like making eye contact with you how would you respond to that i would probably be taken off dish duty immediately due to the amount of dishes i would fucking <laughs> like oh sh i'd pr probably throw frisbee style plate uh I don't know. I'd, at at the woman or just in general? Uh, probably both. I don't know. Fair. Uh, <laughs> if I see a scary lady ghost, uh, I think my first, you know, fight or flight. Yep, fight or flight. <laughs> that makes total sense. And so some speculate that this is the pharmacist widow roaming around looking for her husband. Now, I don't know how this connection has been made because the local lore is not as filling as other local lores in the sense of, you know, when she, when the wife came to the building, um, she was wearing this white dress. And when she died, she was wearing that same white dress. And now she's seen in this white dress. Like for all we know, this woman in white dress could be anybody, could be anybody. Right. So just a little food for thought, pun intended, um, regarding, this, yes, <laughs> regarding who this, lady is but nonetheless I, I think it's still creepy to see anyone with a very sullen face just staring at you while you're doing dishes like i don't like to be stared at while doing dishes by the living let alone the yeah. dead so you know just, not really here for it reminds me of like a filipino uh like folklore uh, there's a straight up 
monster in the Philippines called the White Lady. Okay, I think I've heard of that before. Yeah, I think John's spoken about Probably. it. Probably. Uh, that seems like something yeah. he would talk about. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. He's born there, so he knows. But yeah, a white lady is, uh, you know, just a ghost lady in a white dress. Mm-hmm. Real scary. Similar vibe. Maybe it's her. Similar Maybe vibes. she's haunting the spaghetti warehouse in Houston. There's a lot of Filipinos here. I mean, I'm just going to put that out there. Maybe add that to the lore. <laughs> So other paranormal accounts at the Spaghetti Warehouse get a little bit poltergeisty. And for those new to the show and maybe not well versed in the paranormal, a poltergeist defined by Oxford languages is basically a ghost or other supernatural being supposedly responsible for like physical disturbances such as like loud noises or objects being thrown. So if you think about hauntings as levels, I'd say a poltergeist is like level two. Because it can physically move things, whereas, you know, like apparitions and just, you know, run-of-the-mill ghosts are kind of like the lower level. They don't really do much. They're kind of just, I don't know, uh, repeats of history, whereas a poltergeist is, you're going to know one's there. Like, it's It's very- with you live in person. yeah, Yeah. Yeah, live in action, chairs everywhere. Shit thrown. Nothing is safe. Yeah, so basically at the Spaghetti Warehouse, there's some poltergeist shit happening. And whether that's because of, you know, the death that happened there, supposedly, allegedly, or some other reason, unfortunately, I can't speak to that, but I can speak to the reports that have been made there. So reports of poltergeist activity at the Spaghetti Warehouse include chairs being found randomly stacked on top of one another. So for example, I guess what would happen is, you know, all the chairs would be at the tables, maybe pushed in. Mm -hmm. Let's say it's a close shift. Uh, staff walk out of the dining room, go somewhere else, come back in, and all the chairs are stacked on top Pretty of helpful, one another. Actually. I mean... Pretty courteous. I, yeah. It'd be, it would be helpful in like a gymnasium after a meeting or like an assembly. Maybe they're just thinking, oh yeah, the closing <laughs> shift, they'll, they'll do a nice vacuum. I'll, I'll help them out. Ah, yes. Get all the chairs in yeah, one right. spot. Yeah, I... I, I I'm not on the payroll, but uh, I'm working my way. These guys aren't you know, in the afterlife. Enough, you know what I'm saying? So. Yes. <laughs> it makes sense. There have been reports of chairs, napkins, and menus being moved around. Uh, plates reportedly have been randomly broken as if they were thrown when no one was in the room. So that's expensive. Yeah. Um, don't know who's footing the bill for all these broken that's plates. Me versus the but... ghost when I'm dishwashing. Yeah. You know what? It's Sean. It's, it's Sean's going to have to foot the bill. It's <laughs> It was me. Sorry. Unfortunately. <laughs> uh, there have been reports of utensils, including knives, that have Knife. been known to randomly whip around uh, by an unseen force. So that's dangerous. Don't know if the insurance covers that by any means. Yeah, accidental stabbing. Yeah, by unseen. By, by ghosts. ghosts that needs to be an insurance claim because i feel like with the amount of locations we've covered it's kind of a, it's kind of a theme it's probable right oh goodness uh another chilling experience can be best explained in a direct quote from the haunted rooms america website so one waitress said she saw a floating wicker basket so i'm assuming the wicker basket's where they put the bread because What's the, what else would you put in a wicker basket at an Italian restaurant? Come fair, on. Fair, fair. I see that. I was trying to think of other things and I was like, fair. no, mozzarella sticks on yeah. a plate. Yeah, on a plate. Ravioli's on a plate. <laughs> Could you imagine the, the wicker basket would just be like... Wet ravioli. Yeah. Oh, oh that's so unflattering. 
It's in the napkin. It's fine. It's fine. Just eat it. You're paying for it. Apparently, one one waitress said she saw a floating wicker basket near the wooden staircase, and she watched as it was gently set back down to the ground. So it was like floating near the staircase and then just like so gently landed on the ground. She also reported hearing her name being called from an empty room. Mm, no, 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 no. Don't like that. Another waitress was attending to guests when a bottle of wine was lifted from the table, floated through the air, and landed upright. So literally, it was as if the ghost had picked up the wine bottle, brought it, I don't know, off the table, and put it on the put it on the ground. Almost like then, I wonder if it would like tilt it and like spin it to be like into a glass. Yeah, spin it around, and be like, hey, who's gonna drink the whole bottle? Who's it gonna land on? <laughs> I feel like so far these just sound like hungry ghosts, or just. Like, they're not, I mean, minus the knives, they're not really. Minus the knives. Yeah. I think, ultimately, it could be worse. <laughs> not to be invalidating, but it could be worse. <laughs> My, <laughs> yeah. It could be worse. There have been accounts of staff at the restaurant hearing their name called when no one else is around. Once again, multiple staff have apparently heard that. So, you know, that's not a good time. And previous guests to the location have allegedly felt an unknown presence tap on their shoulders while dining or have their hair tugged at. So that's not fun. So some Just some mischievous ghosts. Some mm-hmm, mischievous just, hungry ghosts. Yeah, that just want to know if you want to, I don't know, dine with them, I guess. I don't know. The hair pulling is not fun. There's so many other ways to get somebody's attention. I feel like when you start pulling on their hair, you're just being an asshole. Yeah, no one likes no that. No one likes that. So Unless... Well... <laughs> like that in a certain situation. <laughs> if the moment arises and you're both if the moment arises and you're both consenting to it, then yeah. But usually not in the middle of an Italian restaurant. No. I would say yeah, no. not a good time to do. That. Not when there's 15 layers of lasagna on the table. On the table. <laughs> so unless that's oh, I mean <laughs> No king shit. No. We got weird distractions. No. No. I feel like we could just keep going like, you know, it could not saying it we know, but it could. You never know. So to kind of summarize this week's distraction, uh, in doing my research, it appears as if a lot of spaghetti warehouse locations across the U.S. are allegedly haunted. So it's not just Houston. What? I know, right? As soon as I saw that, I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> okay, now it seems like a marketing ploy. I, mm, we're going to get to it. I don't love that. No. So according to a WTOL 11 article by Ida Tedesco back in August of 2018, a spaghetti warehouse in Toledo was featured and noted to be haunted by shadow figures. Then there's the spaghetti warehouse located in Columbus, Ohio, which reportedly has a spooky history similar to the one in Houston. According to my research, the Columbus location has had paranormal reports including flying silverware and flying bus tubs, so the things where you put all the dirty dishes in. Yeah. Plus, they also have apparitions of children and more. So they have like a little, like there's this little, there's more apparitions yeah just a little bit um no knives that we're aware of but then again you never know uh this kind of begs the question is the spaghetti warehouse in houston the only haunted place or is this a chain filled with haunted locations and of their (laughs) haunted restaurants what are your thoughts you know what at first i'm like okay how many pharmacists can die at these places you know what i mean but if they're all kind of like decorated the same, mm-hmm. they had decorations from like 
Europe and New York and blah blah blah. All these See? the spirits could be tied to that shit instead of the fucking scary looking deaths that are yeah. happening. It could be like the staircase and that's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah. Like they have all of these vintage cool items in all of the restaurants by the sounds of it. And I wouldn't be surprised if maybe some of those had some kind of like darker energy attached to it or just some energy in general. And then when you bring that kind of item, like kind of like a trigger object into maybe an already haunted location, you're kind of basically making something happen. Amplifying. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I mean, I think it's interesting that it's more than just one Spade Warehouse that's haunted. It could just be a marketing ploy. And I, you know what, as somebody that likes spooky things and also likes food, I'm not against it. I just find it interesting because when I was doing the research, it's like, oh, this place in Columbus, Ohio, or this one in Toledo. And I'm like, what the fuck? Where where are all these haunted spaghetti warehouses coming from? Where are the non-haunted spaghetti warehouses at? Yeah, like, are there any that aren't haunted? Who's to say? So email us your thoughts or comment on our social media post for today's episode, whether you think that the spaghetti warehouse chain itself maybe is haunted, or maybe it's just the items within the restaurants, or maybe it's just the one in Houston or the one in Toledo or the one in Columbus. We'd love to hear from you. And if you've ever had a creepy experience at a spaghetti warehouse before or any restaurant in general, email it to us. We may feature it in a future listener distractions episode. And that is that for this week's paranormal episode. So Sean, what are your thoughts? I think, you know, I definitely think it could be a marketing ploy. Uh, I feel like that's really popular. But I mean, how long have have people been? It's been haunted, I, I guess, since it's been a restaurant. It's the seventies has marketing been that gorilla since the seventies? I feel like no. I mean, I feel like gorilla marketing is like be. a newer age type of deal. It's like a two thousands yeah. thing, right? So that. You know, that makes the most sense. But then again, it's a it's a spaghetti warehouse. Like, yeah, why would you? PR guy was like way ahead of his fucking time. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's probably their choice of decor is really fucking up the energy at wherever they decide right? to build these things. And More also, than likely. If they use a warehouse at every spaghetti warehouse, which I imagine is yeah. i feel like warehouses especially old-timey warehouses safety re- osho was not uh right happen in those days so i imagine yeah. that the safety <laughs> guidelines were awful. well and even on that note any location that has a history i mean i'm just gonna be blunt america's really haunted <laughs> like there is so many haunted places in the u.s and well so many well like well documented ones i wouldn't be surprised if where some of these restaurants are located are probably you know burial grounds that are you know lost documentation or former hospitals that were tore down and then rebuilt old warehouses you know the list could go on and on and it's just a matter of someone tying all the dots together and being like okay who decide who from the spaghetti warehouse chain made this decision and did they know because if they knew kudos to them if they didn't well we just uncovered something for them to use as marketing that's a good thought like it might not they might purposely look for haunted warehouses in the cities Mm -hmm. and then be like well that's the spot this is this is where we're gonna sell our 15 layer lasagna and freak the customers out with spooky ass shit happening during mealtime. I love it. Yeah. A little hair pulling yeah. during mealtime. Yeah. 
Well, Sean, thank you so much for coming on the show. Do you mind plugging Shots and Thoughts? And if you want to plug Reddit on Wiki as well, whatever you feel up to plugging, we just want to know where we can keep up with both shows, one or the other, and mostly where we can keep up with you. Well, thank you for having me on. This was a ton of fun. Uh, Yeah, I co-host two shows. You can, uh, Reddit on Wiki is on every Monday um, and Friday now. We're doing two a week. So Mondays we'll do, you know, we'll go over like funny posts on Reddit and then we'll do like a short in this day in history and Wikipedia history. And then on Fridays we'll do uh, a series of am I the assholes uh, posts. So if you're not familiar with that, people will post on Reddit, am I the asshole for this certain situation? And myself, John and Josh will be the judge, jury and executioner of those topics and scenarios. And uh, we have a lot of fun. Uh, you could find us. We have a website, redditonwiki.com. I do not know our handles. They are different, but I'm sure you could find us, Reddit on Wikipod, Reddit on Wiki. Uh, I don't think there's another podcast with those names. So I think you're good. It should be easy to find. Yeah. And then Shots and Thoughts were every Tuesday. And yeah, we learn stuff while drinking. And then we play drinking games determined by a 20 sided die. And then at the end, we make the person with the most amount of shots taken give a summary of what we just learned. And uh, yeah, that's every Tuesday. We're on all social media at SNTPOD. And uh, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you again for coming on. We'll definitely have to have you on again, maybe for a true crime episode if you're willing and able. (laughs) Yeah, I'm down. Uh, I just got to (laughs) prepare. Okay. Yeah. Mentally. Mentally. I have to. Mentally prepare for it. Yeah. I have to make sure my counselor is on standby and we're good. Perfect. If you've enjoyed today's Weird Distraction episode, consider telling your friends, family, coworkers, or really anyone else who will listen to you. You can tell them to find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Good Pods, Podchaser, and more. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Good Pods, please consider leaving a rating or review. On Spotify, you can also leave us a five-star rating as well. This helps get us a little bit more attention to our weird little show. And this is kind of the best way to support the show for free. Another way to support the show for free and to make sure you never miss an update is to follow us on our social media platforms. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. Just simply search for Weird Distractions Podcast or on Twitter, our handle is WeirdDistractI1. If you're wanting more Weird Distractions and want to support the show financially, consider joining one of our two tiers over on Patreon. Both tiers currently get early access, ad-free episodes, and monthly bonus episodes. You can find out more by going to patreon.com slash weird distractions podcast shout out to our current patrons tom bailey angela john alicia lynn sissy shadow courtney and cheryl we appreciate you and we love you just head on over to redbubble's website and look up weird distractions podcast you can also make a one-time donation over on buy me a coffee which you can find that link in our social media bios lastly we love to hear from our listeners we're always collecting your weird tales of true crime, paranormal encounters, and any other experience that made you think, hmm, that was weird. We've released some listener distraction episodes already, and we'd love to keep the series going. You can email us at weirddistractionspodcast at outlook.com. If you do email us, make sure that you let us know whether you want us to say your name or keep your story anonymous. And you can also email us any corrections that need to be made after today's episode. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 